0: black women be like. I'm a pretty
1: independent and strong woman and I speak my mind. And so
0: we finally saw a
1: second black person up and
0: we felt like we just seen to. Dark-skinned women and light-skinned women, how they're represented.
1: Use our art to embrace women and embrace our own sexuality too. Let me
2: get a quick drink real quick. There's
1: that struggle to to prove that I can make it at this, to prove that, you know, this is what I really want to do and I'm good at it. (laughs) I'm dark and beautiful.
0: Welcome to Black Women Be Like. In this episode, we're speaking to Ghanaian poet, Poetra Santewa about poetry as a form of activism art, perceptions of feminism in Ghana, Ghana Twitter, the intersection between hip hop and poetry, and her upcoming EP Motherfucker I'm joined by my guest co-host, Nigerian writer and editor Adebola Rayo, who is also founder of Artie Living. Hi Rayo, hi Asantewa.
2: Hello,
1: hi. I'm great. How are you? I'm good, thanks. What what I wanted to ask first was that um, did you start out, you know, with the intention to be a spoken word artist or did you start out just writing poetry and um, cuz I feel like it's sort of spoken word seems to be an easier way to to reach people these days to so how did you how did you start out
2: um i didn't start out to become a spoken word artist and actually sometimes i'm biased i am a spoken word artist because i'm 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 very shy um so i i never really saw myself on stage performing poetry i started out writing um poetry and Getting into the spoken word circle was by mere coincidence or accident, if I may say. So, yeah, I, d- I didn't start out to be a spoken word artist. I started out writing poetry and fiction for a couple of years before I chanced upon the spoken word art.
1: Do you find that spoken word reaches a wider audience than um, written poetry does?
2: Yes, I would say spoken word reaches a wider audience than than reading poetry does. In Ghana, there's a, there's a saying that if you want to hide something from Ghanaians, put it in a the book. There's this <laughs> common notion that Ghanaians don't like reading. Yeah. I don't know if it's a, it's a Ghanaian saying or it's an African saying, but Ghanaians don't like reading. So you would find... Now, we organize poetry readings and we organize um, um, short-story readings, but then the, the number of people who show up at the readings are... In comparison to if we said there was a poetry show, a spoken word show, you see that, and um, for the spoken word show, there'll be people from everywhere, people who, who like poetry or people who just want to see a performance. So um, performance poetry reaches a wider audience than reading poetry does.
1: Yeah.
2: Over here, and I I think mainly it's because performance spoken word brings along not just the the, po- the poem or the poetry but then it attaches the performance attitude or the performance emotion so it becomes something that you okay. can you can endure you can experience so it's not just um your own personal reading but then somebody else's influence or somebody else's emotions into it so i, th- I think that's sure. one of the reasons why poetry performance poetry reaches a wider audience than poetry
0: reading. Speaking of performance poetry, is it still a form of activism art or literature? I mean, do you see it speaking strongly on issues of, um, I don't know, African feminism as it did with other struggles? I know here in South Africa, during um, the time of apartheid, poetry was quite a strong Form of activism and poets, you know, they wrote our struggles. They also spoke out our struggles quite a bit. So I'm just wondering if, in this day and age, do you find that poetry is still um, an activism art? And as you for as you as you as a poet, do you use your poetry for your to active, you know, as an activism against or for things that you believe in?
2: Yes, and yes, actually, I think if if we were to list the the art, um, the genres of art that. Are, are really concerned about activism, poetry will be the first on the list. And performance poetry really does that. It really does that, especially for this side of of, um, of Africa or for this side of my country, where I'm coming from most of the po- poets, um, 50% of the content is is about activism. Yeah. Um, sometimes when you go on, on Ghana Twitter, as you like to say, and, and mm-hmm. poets are being trolled or are being or whatever the word is, yeah. they say, okay, poets, poets are the only people who feel like they have to fight for somebody. Like, that's what they are recognized for. It's Poets are always about, I have to, there's something that they, they're fighting for, be it feminism, be it um, politics, be it about the nation, be it about girls, which, whichever direction it is. So, performance poetry really does, it's a, it's an activist um, genre to me, and personally, yes, um, about 90% of my content is about activism. Um, earlier this year, I had a, I started a project called Hey, Woman, which was um, to raise awareness about, to, to understudy feminism in Ghana. Oh. So I tried to see from the point of view of women in Ghana, women in Ghana who believe in feminism, women in Ghana who don't believe in feminism, how men view feminism and how the society as a whole view feminism. So, um, it was a successful project, um, oh. and and I, I hope that in in continuity I can I can explore it on a larger scale, not just yeah. Ghana but other African countries as well. How feminism is viewed in our local communities and the country as a whole.
1: Interesting that you mentioned that project. I think I I saw um, photos. Online and you know some text online about it. Did
2: you incorporate visual
1: art in that visual art elements in that, that project? Was that the
2: one? Yes, I did. I did. I did. Um, but well, I didn't incorporate um, visual art. But it was more textual, textual visual art because it, um, it was just okay. um, Segments of the po- of the of the poem. The, how I started it was I invited four women who I think have. Um, qualities in each of their their areas. So there was a, there was somebody, there was a student, there was a someone in, in film, there was someone in and so women from different places, someone in in the literature world, etc. And then and there was a poem on feminism. Um, so each each woman had parts that they were supposed to perform or recite. So we did a video and um, we put it online. Now, the parts of this okay. video were, were written in big text and then put together oh, in a collage mm-hmm. of, some, of some sort. And it, was, it was quite wide. Um, I can't be exact about the measurements. It could fill a relatively medium-sized room. Yeah. So there was an exhibition where people would come in and then have a look at the text. And then the people gave their comments on the overall text on some of the text how they felt about the text, etc. So there was an interactive session um, as well Mm -hmm. where I had some notes on what I thought about feminism and what other people thought about feminism. So it was an interesting session. And personally, as a country, I think we have a long way to go because people still don't understand feminism, the goal of feminism or what feminism is supposed to be. People still view feminism as women trying to be equal with um, men, but... The whole point of feminism is that we are of equal value, but we are not necessarily equal. Men and women cannot be equal. I, I cannot have a penis, and man cannot have a vagina. So, um, yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting subject that can be explored over and over again.
0: I find it really interesting, you know, that project that you did, and I'm wondering what people's perception of feminism is in Ghana, because there's this perception or that there is a, a contention being an African and a feminist for for women, and we find that maybe we're not able to be feminists in our homes, and yet feminism, I believe, is African, and I believe that we have had African feminists that have come before us, so we're not bringing something foreign into our African homes. But I'm just interested to know in Ghana, you know, what the perception of feminism is, because I I, I know that even here in South Africa, there are some times where, you, you know, in a black household and in an African household, you can feel like you can't bring feminist ideas into it, but the truth is our
2: cultures evolve. There, there are different views from everywhere. But the, the surprising thing is um, quite a number of, of people, men actually, quite a, 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 a percentage of men, think that um, the whole, the complete concept of feminism is, is, a, is a broad concept. They think it's not an an African thing. Like in, yeah. Africa, in Africa, we are rooted in the woman is the lesser. Yeah. Um, person in the in the household the woman is the submissive person so a lot of them i i find that a lot of them even our age groups the youth try to you know change their mindset about it but they are so rooted in in our beliefs that it's hard for them to detach themselves from from what they believe feminism is Mm. to what feminism actually is yeah so yeah, most of we... them have belittled feminism to women trying to do everything yeah. instead of women being entitled to everything that they are entitled to.
0: Yeah, as humans. Yeah.
2: So so it's 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 a long road. It's a long road. I feel like people still don't understand what feminism really is, and but we are getting there. We're getting there gradually.
1: I, I agree with you on that because, I mean, this is an argument that goes on on Nigerian Twitter all of the time. Every time the feminist yeah. issue is raised and people just reduce yeah. it to, oh, you women don't want to cook for your husbands. Really? Is this exactly.
2: the point? <laughs> that, that, that's the same thing here. They just reduce it to something so insignificant. We so, should be looking at the bigger picture.
0: I think what people fail to understand is that it's a human rights issue, and that's why I, I'm I'm concerned when I see feminism being sort of a, you know a, approached as something separate from human rights. For me, it's a human rights issue, and if we get exactly that, then we know that it's not about who's cooking, and you know what I mean. It's a human rights issue. It's, it's realizing that we have the same human rights whether we are men or whether we are women. So, for me, I feel like that's really crucial. And I feel like, as Africans, that's what I'd really like us to see, um, that message coming through, is that actually what we're talking about here is a human rights issue.
1: Yeah, that's true. So, Asenzo, your, your new project, uh, Motherfuck Dude, am I pronouncing that right? <laughs> yeah, can, you you way, Ryan, can you tell us a of about... <laughs> but that's the title um, of the yeah, EP. Um... <laughs>
2: Yeah, we, we can go with the naked ones if you want. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> I didn't actually point that word. <laughs> a motherfuckitude is a word that was coined by an English writer called Cheryl Strayed. Um it, it basically means, in two words, it means fuck it. But like, I don't, we are not going to go with that. Um, it means that um, overriding... <laughs> overriding my insecurities, my ineptities, my emotional imbalance, struggling, struggles with writing, with life, with everything, basically. And coming out of a, a hard place and being able to churn um, beautiful work from a tattered experience. Um, so, okay. it, it, it's the things that the the project touches on are feminism, politics in Africa, politics in Ghana, um, relationships. Yeah, these, these three main themes are explored in the, in the projects. The six trucks, um, it's a very small project, not, not um, an extensive play. Um, so yeah, it's, um, six trucks, um, the themes that are explored are feminism, politics, and relationships. Um, and how long how long were you so, working on this? Um, I've been planning it from the beginning of the year, but I spent a month working on it. Yeah. Um almost just say two months working on it.
1: So really just out of personal curiosity as a young um artist in Africa also. Do you do you find art I mean, I don't know if you work as an artist full time, if you work as a poet full time, but how how do you how do you balance your love for it and, you know, um, your work as a viable, yes, exactly, as a viable source of income?
2: I I don't know where to start from answering this question, but let me see. So I, I'm a trained um, network and systems administrator. I did computer science in school. And um, I worked in that field okay. for three years. I started um, working earlier than most people. And so, after three years, I was I was bored because I was just tired of the whole wake-up. Like, I felt like, you know, it's just monopoly over my life. Yeah. And I didn't really think my writing was, you know, that, that important or that big of a deal until I was mm-hmm. um, invited to Uganda for a samurai. It was a short story. I, I didn't even really think the short story I submitted was that good. I just... It was just a, a friend who prompted me, just try this. And I just sent it. And I was invited. And it was such a, a, a beautiful learning experience. And some of the women who were there were full-time writers. This was their job. Somebody, there was a, a woman from um, South Africa called Kosi who had been writing for 30 years. And that was her livelihood. That, that was what she, like, that's what she does. And in Ghana it's it's just if you tell somebody if somebody asks you what do you do and you say I like they say, Okay, and like what do you do for a living? Like you, you can't say you, you write for a living, like who are you kidding? Like that's the that's the impression you get in Ghana. <laughs> anybody who says they do art, like there's a saying there's a thing that they say anybody any any rapper or poet is just a lazy is just a, a lazy person who's using an excuse to be a bum. Like they don't believe that art it, it, it's something that you, it should be your livelihood. It's just like the oh, hobby, wow. you know. Don't let it be serious. So um, I took a huge step and decided to, okay, I'm, I, I'm going to quit my job. But, but then I wanted to do something in the, in the you know, area of writing. Um, and I thought, this is a big, big-ass country. I mean, there has to be one writing job that is just purely writing, like something creative writing, or even if it's formal writing, at least it's something writing. So, um, of course, it took me three months to get the courage to send me my resignation letter. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> um, I finally did. But before that, I, I also designed, I also have a clothing line. So it was um, another side hustle as well that I was doing. But I wasn't... It's still not a main thing, but then no? I really wanted to do this writing thing because I, I thought, well, I I could be good in it, though I am at least good in it, so I could try this. So I eventually did get a job with a magazine as a um. So I eventually got a yeah. job as a a content editor for a magazine, and initially I thought it was going to be oh great writing, writing, but it's it's more showbiz than I anticipated. <laughs> but it was it was a it was an eye opener. Um, and it just made me feel like sometimes in, in Africa or in Ghana, if you want some things done, you have to do it yourself. Um, if I want to see, um, writing, writing seen as a big deal, maybe I should create jobs around writing. I should do my, I should have my own content portal or something of that sort. because I can't, I, I can't sit down and wait for somebody to take the lead and nobody is. So does that mean it's not going to come into existence? Um, so yeah, this is the second time I'm quitting my job again, <laughs> because um, I feel like, I think I can start something on my own. <laughs> um, so being an, art- an artist in Ghana is, is, is um, a lot of people will tell you you're crazy, or you're ready to starve, or you're filthy rich, one of them. But because there's no guarantee um, if you're going to be able to live of it, but it's, I think I think it's activism in its own. Like somebody has to take a step. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not it's not easy. It's not going to be easy, but it's it's um, I think it's worth it's worth trying. But yeah, um, I think I'm officially a full time artist. Welcome to the club.
0: Yeah, some of <laughs> us are still trying to become full time artists. This is something that I've just been wondering about Um, what is the intersection between performance poetry and hip hop and where do they like go apart because there's almost like they're similar but in some instances they're not so I'm just wondering for you where is that connection and disconnection
2: I think first content wise the difference between hip hop and poetry is that personally I think poetry is more activism than hip hop Okay. okay And then um, hip-hop has a rhythm to it. Hip-hop, um, well, hip-hop is, somebody would say hip-hop is poetry on wheels. Um, so hip-hop is poetry dressed up. <laughs> poetry dressed up to look much more attractive. Of course, there's this um, saying by um cis writer. forgot um, her name? This poet. Um, she said, um, sometimes we, we tie poetry up and beat it with bad hip-hop. So sometimes... Um, spoken word art in, in, in well in Ghana, people are trying to to, to be for sure. They, they they want attention but they don't they don't put work in the content. So it's just let me come and screen, let me use yeah. absurd words just to get your attention but the content is empty. Um so sometimes that's the problem with um hip hop. But but generally I think hip hop is poetry and wheels. hip hop is just um poetry dressed up. Very interesting analogy.
0: But I'm so glad we did this. Thank you so much. Have a
2: lovely night. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.